This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. On today's episode, we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're talking Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we have Pizza and Parsecs back to talk about the Matrix trilogy. Hello there, everybody. This is episode 72 of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. With me is Adam, and I am Josh. And today, we're coming at you. We got a lot of content this weekend. It's been a good weekend, Adam. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. It's been a lot of watching. <laughs> yeah, it's a good problem to have. It um, is a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, and, and today, we're really going to be talking about our our you know, poll results. We're going to be talking about um, our recommendations today. We, we were kind of entirely skipping the news segment today. There wasn't not a kind whole of lot entire, of news. Not, not kind of skipping. We're in, we are entirely skipping it. <laughs> we are skipping the news segment of our <laughs> show today. And, and we're just going to talk about some new content we got this weekend, which was really exciting. Yeah, we're going to talk um, about five and a half hours of content over two, <laughs> two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hang in there with us today. Um <laughs> Adam, where do you want to start? Uh, how about we start with the poll? Sounds good. So we had a weekly poll um, this week, which was tied to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And the question was, other than Superman and Batman, which character are you most excited to see more of in Zack Snyder's Justice League? Because we knew this was a film um, that is long, you know, four hours <laughs> long. <laughs> and you're probably going to get more of these characters. Um, so who did you want to see more of the most? Um, we had The Flash in there, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg. Um, the Flash won with 33.3% of the vote, um, followed closely by Wonder Woman at 28.6 and then right behind her was cyborg 26.2 percent and then aquaman got a little less love with 11.9 percent um so adam where did you land on this poll uh the flash for sure yeah Be that was simply because i mean aquaman and, and wonder woman have both had standalone standalone movies at this point so mm-hmm. i want to see more about barry allen and the flash yeah, I mean, The Flash was the one character from, I guess I'll call it the Whedon cut um, <laughs> that that kind of worked for me um, more than the others did. And I, I wanted to see yeah. more of him. Yeah, for sure. The humor for sure. Of and, it, you know. and I think a lot of that has to do with, I know you were getting a Flash movie and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see where they go with that. If there's any type of uh, you know, Flashpoint stuff that happens and... Uh, so yeah, I think that's kind of what influenced my answer for for Flash. Yeah, and I mean and and after watching the movie last night and you know Adam we got we got together with a couple of our friends and had a nice little watch party at my house and um and that was enjoyable. And and I think you know now after seeing it which character did you get the most out of? 
um, that you kind of enjoyed the most of the more of their backstory? Uh, cyborg. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't argue with that. I, I, I liked seeing a little bit more of everybody. I mean, yeah. I even like, yeah. you know, but, but cyborg, I, I agree. He, he's kind of almost the heart of this story. I would, yeah, yeah, I would agree uh, to some, to some point. I mean, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I plot wise, I mean, we're going to talk about this more in depth, I think next week. Um, yeah. but you know, still there's a really tight center around Batman and Superman, uh, even in, in this, even in this version. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. what happens with Cyborg and, you know, the, the story around his family and his father particularly uh you know very very close center to this movie here absolutely um so i think we'll just get right into our recommendations no, how about if, you start <laughs> i'll start just, yeah. um yeah mine is directly tied to this uh, my recommendation <laughs> for this week is obviously Zack snyder's justice league i've been waiting for a really long time for this movie you know, ever since I saw 2017 Justice League, I was really looking forward to seeing that movie. I was very excited about it, and it just didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. Um, it, it just, it, there were a lot of issues that I had with it. Um, were your you know, expectations I, I, subverted, Josh? My expectations <laughs> were just plain not met. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I had issues with the acting, with some of the dialogue, with the editing. It just, you know, it felt like stuff was definitely missing. And, and now we know why, um, with justice league, uh, Snyder man, or <laughs> Snyder man. <laughs> I'm leaving that that's in a new, That's a new hero, Snyder man. Um, with, with, <laughs> with Zack Snyder's justice league, I'm not even going to talk about the length. Okay. Because we know it's four hours. Um, it's and every bit of four hours and, and there's different ways you can consume it. I'm not going to judge it based off of its length because, you know, you could watch this like um, like a Falcon and Winter Soldier and watch so it. Many in jokes six, I'm not saying right now. Six parts, <laughs> um, you know, so you could divide it into six parts and watch it that way. So I'm not going to talk about that. Um, what I am going to talk about is I had a couple issues. You know what? It. It's interesting because you say it's six parts. Mm -hmm. Where did they ever get the idea to release it in four parts? Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. And I mean, in, in, in addition to the six <laughs> parts, too, there's like a prologue and an epilogue as well. So um, maybe it would have been two parts per, maybe. per release because that kind of yeah. makes it eight parts. Um, And so I got exactly what I wanted, even, even though there were a couple things with this movie that um, – I, I had an issue with just a, a couple minor things. Yeah, me too. Um, this for me is is already one of my favorite superhero films. Um, it greatly expands and improves upon the 2017 Justice League. Um, it just gives you so much more backstory, and there's so yeah. much more room for these characters in this story to breathe. I felt like it was a much more coherent story. Um, the editing was was great all that cheesy dialogue that I had an issue with was not here. It was not in this film. Yeah. Um, the action, the, the visuals were just, just blew my mind. Um, I, I was just, you know, I felt so engrossed in, in, in the action and everything. 
pulled you right in the colors, the, the visuals, I think were just great. Um, I didn't notice the CGI a whole lot, you know, um, I believed in, in what was being presented to me and I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and just again, taking time with those characters and, and really getting to see, um, and I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything, but everybody right, probably right, knows right. that dark side is a part of this film. Dark side was not yeah, a part right. of 2017's film. And it really gives you a direction and a reason like wh what is Steppenwolf's end game? What is his reason? What's the deal with these mother boxes? You get so much more backstory. It's a coherent story. You know, you, you know that Darkseid's pulling the strings and he's almost like this Thanos uh, um, of the, of the DC universe here in, in this story. And I loved how when you now, when, now when you watch Man of Steel, I just watched Man of Steel the other night and I watched Batman versus Superman recently now, when you watch Man of Steel, and then that leads right into Batman versus Superman, and now Batman versus Superman leads right into Justice League, um, and it's yeah, almost this is kind of a trilogy now, more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think that's what I appreciate the most about it. Uh, and and like this is coming from someone, and we talked about this a little bit ago. Like I'm not one that hated the the 2017 one. I didn't have a problem with it. Like everything you mentioned about it, I noticed, and those problems are there. I was mm -hmm. a little bit more willing to forgive it for some reason. But I mean, I, I could definitely tell there was, you know, there was disjointedness all along, you know, with different directors and like that, you know, that type of stuff. You could see where the Joss Whedon comedy came in and all that other stuff. But um, like, it's, I mean, I, I could see all, like all that stuff was there. I was just, for some reason, I was a little bit more okay with it. But this was an, uh, uh, you know, hands down an improvement. Mm -hmm. overall the whole way through uh, on that on that entry so it was and I, I, honestly this is something i never thought i'd get to see you know I, I never thought we would actually see this movie but we did and it's it's good i'm I'm glad that we got that because it was definitely a more enjoyable experience than the first even from someone that did like the first yeah and i think what an amazing thing to happen i mean to, like you yeah. said i didn't i didn't think we were gonna get this i you know i thought it was probably out there but i didn't think we'd ever see it um i and, thought we might get like an extended version of the 2017 version at some point you know i thought we right. might get some like deleted scenes put in that still kind of fit that movie i thought that's kind of what we mm. would get uh but we got an entirely different movie this is an entirely different movie you know, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, mean, you can see some of the same stuff that got used, uh, but really, overall, this is a brand new movie. Yeah, and I, I think you know Zack Snyder films a lot of stuff. Like when he makes a film, yeah, I can he tell. Um, he <laughs> and so he had like all this stuff filmed, except for yeah. I think like the some of the scenes and that like the epilogue right. um, was like something new that he he filmed, is my understanding, but you know, they just improved upon, the, you know, they put money into improving everything and visual effects and putting it all together and everything. But a yeah. lot of this stuff was already shot and he just obviously dropped all the Joss Whedon stuff that was shot and just kept the stuff that he shot. And I loved seeing his vision here and I would love to see a sequel to this movie. I mean, it really leaves, it leaves the door open for that. If Warner brothers would ever be on board with getting Zack Snyder back and, and having him do another one, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. And I think we're just for comparison. And I think we're going to, like you said, do more in depth next week, but yeah. in a, a spoiler, take a spoiler look next week. But if I were to, you know, give justice league and I like to do scores and stuff, but you don't have to, <laughs> I know you don't like it. Um, 
But if I, let's say I'd give Justice League in 2017 probably like a six or a six and a half, I'd probably give this one like a nine or a nine and a half. I mean, it's 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 up there for me, and okay. other than a couple issues, I give it four out of five batterings. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so yeah, yeah that's my I mean, recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. I mean, like, like I said, I like it a lot. Uh, there's a couple things that I'm not sold on with it mm-hmm. i want to watch it one more time and then we'll talk about it again next week but you know we'll dive into more that more in depth for me i think next week i'm excited for that so my recommendation is the other thing that came out which is uh falcon and the winter soldier and watched it early in the morning uh yesterday morning friday morning and i first of all that the opening sequence with falcon is incredible uh yeah that is an awesome scene i mean this is like cinematic level stuff that's on tv (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and it's not you know you don't usually get that but that's it that was an amazing opening sequence i love that uh overall i really really enjoyed this episode um it didn't quite capture me like wandavision did that first episode and I, i like there's a couple things, kind of like Justice League, there's a couple things that I can kind of nitpicking with it uh, that I didn't particularly love, and I don't want to get into spoilers here either. But even aside from those, I really loved the episode. I loved, you know, getting to flesh out, especially Sam's character, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, Bucky's getting fleshed out a little bit more, too. But I really love the stuff with Sam's character. I, I think that's the stuff that I'm going to be watching for going forward is you know, Sam and, you know, just, this isn't a spoiler, but I mean, there's stuff with Sam and Sam's family that I'm just really taken with right now. And I don't know if it's because of WandaVision, like subconsciously I was hoping to be taken like I was with WandaVision that first episode, because WandaVision right off the bat just had me hook, line and sinker. I wasn't, totally like that with this and i don't know if that's just something with back in my mind that i was expecting that same level of you know um being enamored with the show and it just Mm. didn't happen and that's fine and like you can't even compare these two shows you know these are two very different shows wandavision was was a very different stylistic look at a very complex topic and this starts off as a more marvel show you know this is more you know, marvel right off the bat. Uh, but they're both great in their own, in, you know, in their own vein. And I, I don't, I'm talking a lot here, but I, the, the main idea is that I liked it a lot, but I wasn't totally, uh, totally on board just yet. Like, I know I'm going to love the show, but I'm just mm-hmm. not quite where I was with WandaVision, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I was, I'm a little bit more on board with it maybe than than you are right now um maybe that i don't know maybe i'm using the wrong words because i like i know that i'm gonna love this show yeah yeah it just hasn't all played out yet i mean it's just like it's just like the people that didn't like the first couple episodes of one division yeah and it's like it's like not even that i didn't like it it's like i Mm -hmm. just uh and like i said i think it's maybe like even something subconscious because of one (laughs) division you know yeah Uh, because i like that so much and this one just didn't capture my imagination like the like one division did you know i don't know but sure like, yeah like i said i can't even compare the two because they're such different shows 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, like you said, this is definitely more like Marvel-esque. This is like, you know, after watching movies like Winter Soldier and Civil War and with these characters right, in yeah. there, yeah. Um, this is that kind of show. And, and I like that. I, I like that kind of espionage um, style. Yeah, for sure. For sure. In Marvel and seeing that. Um, I, I loved Like Adam, like you mentioned, I love the opening scene. I thought it was incredible. Um, and then we get into some character stuff, you know, and we, and we get yeah, a little deeper into these yeah. characters and that's what you can do with these kind of shows. You can yeah. go a little deeper. And I, there were, there was one aspect of the Sam character and the family situation that I wasn't totally enthralled with, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it just, we'll talk, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll find we'll, a time to talk about that. Talk. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going. And I loved all the stuff, um, how Sam was, how they kind of dealt with Captain America in, in, in the beginning of it. And oh, um, I'm not, I'm, right. I'm not going to go, not, not so much the end of it, but, <laughs> okay. um, all right. but how they kind of gave a tribute to Captain yeah. America yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. I really liked that too. And I'm interested to see where it's going with the villain. And I, I feel like I think Zemo is coming back into this somehow. He was, you know, the villain in, in Civil War. Um, yeah. And so I'm curious to see how he'll come back into this, too. So, yeah, I'm definitely here for it. Cool. You know what else I'm here for? What's that? Pizza and parsecs. That's right. And you're about to find out if you're here for the Matrix again, if you're going right. to you know, give it another shot, well, at least reloaded in Revolutions. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. So I know for certain that one of Josh's favorite film fr uh, franchises is The Matrix. And while I have seen them all... Uh, and I think you and I saw the last two together in theaters, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember I'm that right. Pretty sure we did, yeah. Uh, they're never really movies that I totally fell in love with. Uh, in fact, I've only seen the last two of them. I know for sure I've seen them once. Uh, I think I've seen the third one one more time after that. Uh, and then to take that a step further, Josh recently gave me a Movies Anywhere Pass for them, and I watched the first one and then never got around to watching the other two again. <laughs> so... But with that franchise seemingly gearing up uh, for a fourth movie, I want to be more excited than I am right now. You know, I, I know I'll end up seeing that new movie, but I can't say it's something that I'm like dying to see right now. So the idea for this show is simple. Get me excited. And not just for the new movie. Get me excited to watch the whole thing all over again. Uh, make me want to watch these movies. Give them all a second chance. So to do that, we've called in the big guns. And maybe it's a little ironic that while The Matrix might not be one of my favorite movies, uh, and I'm totally honest, one of my favorite series of podcasts that I've ever listened to are from our guests today, in which they did a four-part deep dive on The Matrix. We've talked about these shows before, uh, you know, on on this podcast. 
but this is just a periodic reminder that if you haven't listened to them, you you definitely need to. So, of course, that means we're welcoming back Dave and Liv from Pizza and Parsecs. Welcome back, Dave and Liv. Thanks for coming back. Thank you so much for having us again. Like, it's always such an honor to be able to to geek out with with friends. I mean, yeah. we've we've known you guys pretty much since the beginning. You've been just the most incredible supporters, incredible friends, uh, and we've had a ton of laughs over this past year too. I mean, 2020 was a cluster of <laughs> a lot of things that can get you down, and yeah. one of the highlights of 2020. I mean course we got married in 2020 but maybe a know, close second is yeah close, a close <laughs> okay. second. i was like how should i frame this now be careful you, you're welcome Dave. <laughs> you, you can you can mail going. that check to me later <laughs> you could have kept going and i would have been like yep mm-hmm, yeah definitely best 2020 and it would have hit me like later on tonight when you go to bed like Wait, we got married hold up <laughs> hold up <laughs> I love but yeah, it. like we've had a lot of fun with you guys and yeah. uh, just super excited and grateful to be uh, here geeking out with you guys about about the Matrix. I mean, we don't really have a ton of things to say about it, no. obviously. No, um, not, not too many. And I, I'm, I'm waiting for the people that come up to us and they're like, oh, my gosh, I loved your Little Women episode. <laughs> I, I loved what you said about Little Women. Oh, it just really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, cool. Wonderful. It could happen. One of these days. Doubtful. You're, you're going to find that Little Women fan someday. That's just been waiting for that podcast, you know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I'm with Adam though. I mean, when when I listened to your to your Matrix series, oh, it was awesome. And I I do happen to also love the movies, and um, and so that helped a little bit. But I I was looking forward to at some point having this kind of conversation about the Matrix with you guys. So I'm very excited about today. Yeah. So we are too. Yeah. And and, and everything you said, Dave, just just back at you guys because you guys have been so much fun to get to know. And you know, we talked about this on our you know giving thanks show not too long ago, uh, where 2020 was a crap year, but we had a lot of great things happen in 2020. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. some of those are meeting friends like you guys. Uh, but thank you again for all that, and you know, slap it right back your way. Well, thanks. It's nice to have friends. It yes. is. <laughs> friends are good. Indeed. Yes. And play the Friends theme song now. <laughs> so here's how this whole show is going to work. I've done some soul searching, come up with my top three reasons why Matrix hasn't really ever, you know, floated my boat, as they say. Uh, we'll, but we'll probably take these reasons one at a time, so it's not just a, a mixed match of everything going along. When we get to the end, I'll let you know how, how, how you guys did. You know, did you change my mind? Am I going to watch these again? And uh, keep in mind, I want you guys to prove me wrong about these movies. I want to take that proverbial red pill, and that's why I chose that clip at the beginning. It's you know, probably cliche, but that's why I chose it, because I think it fit pretty good. So, without any further ado, my first reason is I've never really been thrilled with like dystopian future things. And... You know, to take that a step further, like the Hunger Games is really like the only series, book, or movie that's ever really caught my attention about you know the broken down future. Maybe it's because I grew up with things like Star Trek, and so I kind of have this more hopeful idea of uh, you know of of future. You know, get rid of all those Klingons and Romulans, and then then we're good. I don't know. It's just that this dystopian thing 
turns me off just a little bit. So, so why is the Matrix not just kind of a run-of-the-mill apocalyptic sci-fi future action movie? Do you want to start here? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, first... Because I said so. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, point taken. Point taken. I'm president. <laughs> okay, that, that would be fair. Cam won't like that answer, but okay. Well, Cam lost, so... All of Cam's. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Well, number four is a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, first of all, you mentioned the Klingons and Romulans, Kapla. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the look my wife is giving me our star trek show is coming up we haven't got around to that yet but it's coming up one oh, day. yeah yeah so i think i should i think i should point out that you know looking at dystopian uh movies like like the matrix it it does it does look pretty bleak right um you know they're they're it's set in in this war this machine world um where the machines are are basically have basically taken over and then you have the small faction and um as far as the uh the the simulation that they are in there uh one of the things that we we touched on before i'm not i won't get into it here was this this idea of simulacra and simulation which is one of the major overlaying philosophies of the matrix uh first posited by uh, this guy named Baudrillard. Now, okay. his his thing, Baudrillard's thing was, if you get as far as th- where they are in the matrix, where that becomes their definition of reality, so this simulation is their, their re- reality, Baudrillard is very pessimistic about that in his philosophy and that you can't get out of that. Okay. So one thing that I, I will argue from a, a philosophical standpoint is that when compared to Baudrillard, what the Wachowskis did is they shown a, a, they basically gave a beacon of hope to that. And uh, with, with, with the matrix, like comparing it to, what we were currently going on, what was currently going on at the time, thinking about uh, media becoming a lot more popular. People always attach their phones to their technologies. And Wachowski is really encouraging us to step back and say, you know, this has become your simulation. These realities that you're creating for yourself in this technological world, you have to remember it's not real. It's important that you step out of that and recognize what is real. So in my mind, it's very empowering in a technological society that we still have that ability to recognize, okay, you know, who I am on my avatar on, um, Sims. On Sims. (laughs) I don't even play Sims. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like my avatar in you know, a skyrim or an rpg game or or a social media i mean we're pretty authentic on twitter but um, i tell it how it is but like those things like that's not who i am mm-hmm. like it, there's there's so much more to that and to me i really like that message mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think the, the way the Wachowskis present it is in such a, and I, I have been recently told that using this term means something different than what I intend it to be. Um, I learned that slow burn means bad. <laughs> Typical. A lot of people don't like slow burn. Um, oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. And in my mind, slow burn is something where things are still happening. There's still no, yeah. action going on. No, that's how I, yeah, that's how I take okay, that cool. too. So I'm going to use that phrase. Yeah. I found, yes, I, I love I found, me some slow burn. So yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Have, slow burn. Good. Yay. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> um, the way the Wachowskis present this, this, this is like just apocalyptic feel and this very, um, I'm going to butcher this word because I can't speak regular English. Maybe I should try Klingon. I don't know. This dystopian type world is actually very slow. So like the first movie we're introduced to mostly the simulation. We get a little bit of an idea of what the actual world looks like. We see small snippets of it, but we're mostly plugged in the matrix for a good chunk of that first movie. And it's not until the second movie that we actually get to split it in half and we spend more time in Zion and we spend more time on the real earth um, and get more of that. So we're not just like in the Hunger Games immediately immersed in this real world and kind of overcome with despair. Like David was saying, there is hope. There is this like beauty showing through it um, and because it does have that really nice slow burn to it, where we become more accustomed to accepting that reality opposed to feeling overwhelmed and kind of burdened by it. Yeah, and just to just to piggyback <clears throat> on that, I really like what you said about the uh, the flow of the the movies, right? Um, talking about hope and the flow of the movies, you have, I, I feel like, the hope grows. Yes. Uh, it becomes more elevated. Like you start down at the simula the simulation level and then you go up another level. You get more experience around mm -hmm. Zion, the machine world. And then in the third movie in, in Revolutions, you have almost this spiritual awakening. Yeah. In, in there where you... <laughs> It, it's it's the hope just kind of builds off yeah. of, off of it for for me at least right it's like watching a flower oh. bloom through ashes you know it doesn't just sprout up right away it oh you know it grows and then it blooms at the very end and that's kind of how at least i feel hmm. like the matrix does mm -hmm. with the world itself and the world building too well i can probably wrap the show right there what do you think Josh? <laughs> yeah no, um <laughs> I mean that did it. That 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 took me a long way right there. You're, you're convinced. Um, our work here is done. I didn't even have to talk. But no, it's like I love. I, I'll be honest. I love that right now. I mean, just thinking about how I felt lately about being on Twitter. Uh, for the mo most part, uh, that took me a long you way. Right unplug, there. man. Get some R and R. I have a lot more lately, and I mean, you know, seeing how I felt after uh, as opposed to before unplugging, I I, I can. I can relate, and um, that that took me a long way right there. Yeah, and I think to go along with that, um, Dave, that philosophy you mentioned about not being able to get out of that dystopia, that, that dystopian future, um, I think the Wachowskis definitely present a way out of that in, in, in these films, you know, and, and the question becomes almost, 
which is worse? You know, is it worse to be in the real world or is it worse to be plugged into the matrix? You know, I think there's that whole question. So I think that makes this different too, about which is, which is the, the worst place to be kind of thing. And, and I think there's a, I you know what, Adam, too, uh, I'd never even thought of the matrix as a dystopian future movie for some reason. Like I never even, that never even okay. occurred to me. And okay. I, and I, I think that's why for me, this isn't your typical run of the mill type of dystopian future film. Um, because you don't even realize that there's anything wrong with the world until almost like the end of the first act. I mean, maybe, you know, a little bit into the second act as, as well. And, the rug kind of gets pulled out from under you, under you that you realize that they're not in the real world, you know, they're um, in a simulation. And I, and that was the first time that I had ever seen anything like that on film. So I think that already just separated it from any other, you know, maybe movies of its kind. Also, I think it's a very high concept dystopian future film. It asks some really big philosophical questions like Dave just mentioned. And also it has these underlying religious parallels you know um, neo being this um, savior-like figure this christ-like figure and the whole situation with trinity and and who who that that trinity is referencing really and um, so there's these religious undertones there's these philosophical questions i think for me um you know that's what separates it from your typical you know, like Hunger Games or like, I'm right. trying to think of some right. other ones, but also there's no teenage drama. So this is a more, you know, like, <laughs> this, this is a more, this is a more Fair adult, um, adult dystopian future film if you're into that sort of thing. So it's yeah. more adult for adults, I'd say. Cool. So. Well, uh, and to bounce off that really quick, I think one of the ways the Wachowskis successfully did that was we get a, this is the current time period. Everything is relevant within the matrix. Um, of the time that the movie came out but when Morpheus says we're in some we don't really know what year we're in then you look at it the only thing to kind of give you that futuristic feel is Machine City you mm -hmm. know and the machines themselves we don't really have anything that aside from that solidifies a true we are in the future sci-fi kind of feel at least in my opinion um, aside from that, because even Zion is more primitive and they're a little bit more like, you know, cave people. You want to think about it that way. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 it almost has like an ancient feel to it yeah. where it, they live in the old ways, but they have such advanced technology. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like Themyscira, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. They do a great job with the coloring of that too to make that feel that way as well. You knew yeah, I was yeah. going to bring that up at some point. You can't. Sure. <laughs> you, can, you cannot. You can't not. Because Zion has this like earthy tone to it. So it kind of brings right. you to that ancient feel. It kind of has that clay look to it where mm -hmm. Machine City does have those cooler tones, those mm -hmm. metallic tones, those shiny tones. Aside from what Neo sees, Neo's right. vision is completely different. Um, and then you have the actual matrix, which, ha which has that different tone to it, that greenish tone to it, um, but also a familiar color palette because that's what it was in the nineties. Definitely. And one last thing, you know, touching on the, the religious and the spiritual side of things again here, I really think that this, this is probably one of the more accessible films when it comes to, 
uh, religious undertones or maybe even overtones at some points in the movie, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or in the movies, this trilogy of movies. Uh, because it, it spans, it doesn't just say, okay, we're going to make Neo-Jesus. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not just that. Right. Like there are so many different aspects and things that it pulls from, like it pulls from, uh, Hindi texts and and mm -hmm. and, and, and Buddhism. Yep. It pulls from all, across all these different things. Much like one of, I mean, I little little film that I think you guys may have seen. Star Wars does right. Mm -hmm. uh, like, refresh my memory on that one. Star Wars. Uh, Spock. One of the my heart Star just Wars. hurt a little bit. <laughs> I was I was like really scared. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> so it's it's it just pulls for all these different areas where people can like I feel like no matter what you believe in or don't believe in, I think mm -hmm. I really think that there's something that you can latch onto in here and take away from what these movies gift you with. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. So uh, it, it, at one point, Dave, you mentioned the flow of these movies, like the trilogy and how they go in and how it, the hope grows. So that's kind of like this. My second reason though, is the second movie felt like a huge drag for me. And I don't know. Like I said, I I'm pretty sure I've only seen this once. So maybe it's just that I wasn't in the right frame of mind way back then. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know. For some reason, the, the tone of that movie just kind of really was a struggle for me to get through. So what am I missing on the second movie? Why is it, why is it not <laughs> just a drag? <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump in really quick. Yeah. Uh, because for me, the second, I think the second movie is, I bounce back and forth all the time, but the second movie I think is probably, it, it ties for my favorite of the three movies. Okay. okay. Um, not because of all the action, not because of what it has to offer visually, but because of the subtext and the hidden uh, symbolisms throughout the entire movie that you have to actually look for to really appreciate what the Wachowskis were trying to do, I think, within okay. that. Um, one of the things that I love about The Matrix is things are not always what they appear to be we get that simulation with the woman in the red dress um, early on in the first movie. And then it continues to kind of showcase that throughout the second one where you have to, and I don't want to say this in the sense of like, well, you really have to be looking for something to really right. obtain something. Right. But the more you continue to watch the second movie, the more things that you can actually pull from it, um, and like Dave said, no matter what you believe in, no matter what you don't believe in, you're going to grasp, grasp something from that movie um, that's a lot deeper than the surface visual aspects of that movie. Being, and I'm going to do it because it's my favorite thing to talk about, if you pay attention to the license plates during the chase scene between Trinity, Morpheus, uh, the Keymaker, and the agents, and the ghosts, um, depending on which vehicle you're in and you're kind of showcasing they have bible verses as their license plates and those bible verses correlate back to a verse that actually is very closely knit to whoever is driving that car or whoever's within that car 
Um, some come from Daniel, some come from, I think one comes from Ephesians, I think one's Genesis. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head which Bible verses I usually have it pulled up because there's a, there's a handful of them. Um, really kind of talking, those verses really talking to that character and giving you a little bit more depth of what that character's background is because we don't get a whole lot with the ghost, but this Bible verse kind of helps build that up a little bit. Um, and there is a lot of dialogue, but within that dialogue, there's so much more subculture that I think builds that, that movie so much. Um, it really does, it gives you the story opposed to visually appealing to a teenage boy's mind of running up the wall and shooting guns. Okay. That's still really metal. Oh, that's still super cool. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched the scene where the two 18 wheelers crash into each other and Morpheus just, or Neo just pulls Morpheus and the Keymaker out of the sky. Like, that is by far one of the coolest things. But when you look past that part and you look past the, um, the big scenes leading up to talking to the, I'm going to butcher his name because I always do the Merovingian. The Merovingian. The Merovingian. My yeah. favorite characters. Yes. The dialogue, once you just kind of, if you sit, listen to it. Don't even watch it. Just listen to what he says and listen to the conversation. It's so deep and it really does speak to the continuation into um, the third movie and into all of the subplot of the Matrix itself. Yeah, to, cool. to go along okay. with that, um, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I had for, and this is my my second favorite, um, you know, I like the the Matrix and then Reloaded and then Revolutions. That's probably how I would order them, rank them. But um, if you're just there for for the action and the cool music and stuff like that, that's there for you too. If you just want to sit back, and, there's a ton of great action scenes and great music, great a great score. Um, I th- one that comes to mind is the chateau scene and, and that whole fight scene is amazing. I love it. Um, the freeway scene, obviously that you guys <clears throat> kind of already referenced. I can see where if, and, and I can see some of your points, Adam, because if you're just there for that, you know, then, then these conversations that take place with the conversation with the Merovingian, the conversation see, I think with that's the architect, where, I think that's, um, yeah. That is very dialogue heavy and and that can be a bit of a drag for those people that maybe aren't there for that and i can totally understand that but like liv was saying if you really if you are willing to listen and pay attention to those scenes in that dialogue i'm not i don't want to listen to anything and then then just enjoy the action and the music (laughs) um but yeah you're missing out like 99 percent of that movie It's so good. Now, as, as I'm listening to this a lot, like I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe back then I was there more for the action. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's where I was falling off with that movie. So, I, I'm definitely interested, interested now because I, yeah, I am a lot more interested in that type of, uh, you know, stuff that you're talking about there. You know, Liv and Josh with, you know, with the Merovingian now than I was back then. I think so. It might ring a little bit differently uh, to me now. Great points, Adam Liv. I, I really like all that. The The only other point that I'll add is, to me, I feel like you, you almost do the franchise a disservice when you only look at a, one of the movies in the scope of that movie. 
Meaning I feel like the way that these films were intended to be consumed and uh, experienced is in succession because the, the, the preceding movie, the way that it informs the next movie, the story that it helps tell in the next movie is so important. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, when when I think about revolutions, like lo- love the Merovingian, like the freeway scene, uh, we get we get to figure out who the keymaker is and the significance of that. Mm-hmm. But I think what the one of the most important things that revolutions does, it or sorry, revolutions. I was about to say this one's reloaded. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think one of the most important things that reloaded does is it sets up what you get to experience in revolutions because if i feel like it flows so well into into what we get there yeah i get that a big lord of the rings fan here i I get that point yeah well and i I don't know what the wachowski's intention of calling it matrix matrix reloaded matrix um revolution but when i think of those three movies in that order i think of you know matrix being the opener, you know, it's like you come in guns a blazing and I'm about to make so many probably incorrect gun references, but you come in guns a blazing and then you have to reload. That's not as exciting as actually firing the weapon, but it is just as important, if not more important to reload your gun so you can then be ready for the final. I didn't think of it from a firearm perspective at all. So that's interesting. Well, you were talking. I was like, wait, I could say this. This makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, Reloaded, I, I can totally see people having issues with it. There are even some things in it that I take issue with. It just didn't work for me or didn't land for me. But I think um, overall, I really there are a lot of things that I love about it. And I think it's worth giving it a second chance. I think just the kind of revelation that happens at at the end of this film with that conversation with the architect absolutely blew my mind um when i first saw it and you know just are, are we are we talking spoilers here no because it's yeah, been if you're... it's been 20 years i think we can <laughs> i think just we can the, talk spoilers I, the, <laughs> I, didn't wanna, I didn't want to spoil anything for you adam <laughs> it, you know I've, you I've seen them i've seen no well yeah i forget but i mean i've seen yeah. them so, so. um but just that the fact that he is like the sixth version of the one, and there are many Zions that were destroyed already before this one, that blew my mind. And that took it to a whole nother level for me. Um, and that's a big reason I also love this one. And, you know, also I'll just say, if I had only seen The Last Jedi once, I would have thought it was the worst Star Wars movie ever. But luckily I went back and I watched it more and more and, and, and gained a, a love and appreciation for it. So I think it's always a good idea to to go give it another shot maybe not the best example you could have used i always forget that the arch- the conversation with the architect and i've watched this movie like a billion times but for some reason i always group the conversation with the architect in with revolutions because I think I always watch reload and revolutions like back to back I usually don't even pause between the two I when I finish Reloaded, I have to move on because I just love the, I love the way that those correlate with each other. It's such a great, that's a great point. Like that is such an important part of the movie that I didn't appreciate until I was much older. Um, 
that that right there is that is the heart of the matrix in my opinion it's great yeah and i think there's there's one more thing that happens after that conversation that's really significant too um when morpheus you know is such a firm believer he's like the firm believer at the central at the center of this story who always believes in the one believes in the chosen one believes in the prophecy believes in neo um and then you know he finds out that the prophecy wasn't true he his, he loses his ship his ship is destroyed um, neo loses consciousness and so there's a lot of this loss at the end this losing things and i think it presents like that middle that thing you need in the middle act of a, of a good story is that that loss and that facing adversity and not knowing how you're going to overcome that so um, that's another thing i always appreciate about the this one cool so I think we kind of like really hit on this one as we went and that's fine. Uh, but let's just kind of, I guess we can use this as kind of like a wrap up then. So I think, I, I think one of the main reasons I always had trouble with the matrix is it seemed pretty highbrow for me. And, you know, knowing the stuff that we talked about here, it definitely is that. And I do like deeper meanings in the stories that I watch and read and all that good stuff. Uh, is this maybe is my problem with with the matrix is that maybe just you know again going back to my younger age at that point uh is this is because it sounds deep you know it sounds like a heavy movie it sounds like a lot of work to be honest (laughs) i'm gonna say you know like, like we've been talking about that this film is very high level philosophical religious loaded with layers to peel back if you choose um but i think that once you grasp these things it becomes that much more enjoyable. And, and I would recommend actually, Adam, go back and listen to those episodes of pizza and parsecs, their matrix series. (laughs) And that will give you the understanding that you need to go into these films again. And, and I think you'll be all set if you do that. So. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. So I come from a different like mindset and a different uh, background as far as these movies go. Um, and I mentioned this and I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of what Josh was saying because he just gave us a shameless plug. Um, and I say this in our, in our, one of our four episodes of the, the matrix. Um, I grew up, I was allowed to watch the matrix as a younger person. Um, at first we just watched the fight scenes and then it grew a little bit more into the symbolic aspects of it. And then I finally, by like 14, 15, I could watch the entire series, um, you know, with like maybe the TV version or because there's, it's, it's not as heavy in the, it's rated R, but not like super gruesome and not super like vulgar or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Um, and one of the deals was that I had to find a way to use this as a ministry tool, as a tool to, to share the gospel. Um, and so I did have to do research, but then the older I got, the more I realized that I didn't have to go and sit down and then research everything about the matrix. It is handed to you. If you're aware, if you're paying enough attention, if you're watching it, um, with, if you're watching it with a, a, a good right. critical eye in the sense of I'm going to look for things, not just watch at surface level, because we can go in and watch TV shows and movies all day long and just enjoy it for face value. 
um, uh, Rogue One is a is a is an example that comes to mind. There's nothing really there. It's just great to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's rough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was might be fighting words here. I don't like Rogue One. I never really liked that movie. So I had to. I had to do it at some point. It's been oh. a minute. Uh, but you know, then we go into Star Wars, looking for things. We look at the trilogy. We look yeah. at all of the different aspects of it. We go in wanting more than just surface value, lightsaber, limbs flying type things. Um, so I think. It depends on what you're looking for, because there are also times now at 28 going on 29, I watch it and I still see things that I was not aware of because I'm in a different season of life that I'm like, oh, wow, that spoke to me differently this time than 10 years ago when I watched it when I was 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And I think like any any movie you watch, right? Um the more that you become invested in the character, mm -hmm. like taking out the highbrow uh, philosophical concepts that are in, that are undoubtedly in this trilogy, the the more that you're invested in these characters, the more that you end up seeing them and caring about them. I feel like that's when I personally started to grasp some of the the underlying philosophical um and the philosophies and messages mm -hmm. and spirituality in this movie because these characters are really a, a, a they're, they're the embodiment of those ideas yeah and that's that's what made me start to really grasp onto the these these mm -hmm. ideas that you get to get to see get to think about get to experience in the matrix trilogy which i i really like um you know i i'd, I'd say that star wars is, is no different from having some some high-minded concepts that are represented by the characters that we see in there yeah i would say the same about harry potter yeah i think i think i i truly I, th I said it before but i truly think that there is something for everyone yeah and the and in, in a movie in a trilogy like the matrix uh you know you can go as deep or as superficial as you want to go for mm -hmm. me when i was 14 years old trinity and tight leather pants was enough for me you know <laughs> that, that did it <laughs> you know right? seeing seeing neo go slow-mo and and, mm -hmm. and you know dodging bullets like that was enough for me at that time it as I started to become more more knowledgeable about you know the world, all these different ideals and and religions and things like that, and the more I watched it, the more I could sort of put those pieces together. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was able to do that that I really started to grasp and understand, like this 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 trilogy is a lot more deep than I had initially thought that it was. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's still more layers to this mm -hmm. uh, that are, have yet to be talked about and experienced. Example being the Wachowskis uh, recently came out and confirmed 
that you know one of the one of the underlying messages uh, was around the trans community, which they briefly touch on with the character switch. Yes, um, there's their interview from Forever Ago where they briefly touched on that. But you know, recently, um, especially in 2020, they really started to come out and say, you know, th- there's a lot of meaning and messages behind that. So now right. there's this entirely different and new way that you can lens a new lens that you can yeah. look at it through. Right. Yeah. And with the fourth one coming out, we're going to be, I would assume, knowing that I know one of the Wachowskis is is working on it. I never remember which one is working on it we got it wrong it's, and then fixed it in our <laughs> fixed it in post i, um, I can't remember done that a few times either lily or lana we, we, we have 50 50 shots i was shot. gonna say it's one of the two we're probably i i would i would guess that we're probably going to experience even more with more information coming from the fourth one depending on how they what direction they go and how they present that movie just because who knows what that's going to bring who knows what connections yeah. that's going to have to the th- one two and three that's mm-hmm. going to change the mindset of watching the first one mm-hmm. yeah and uh, w- one other thing like in terms of in, in terms of like thinking about I, I know this is kind of a tangent from thinking about the the high-minded concepts but one of the things that I really love talking about is how deeply personal that these movies feel yeah uh, in the context of the, the Wachowskis and their own personal journey and the love that they, the love and the intent and the meaning and the, like the intentionality of them writing a character a certain way or right. presenting a character or an idea in a certain way. Like everything just feels so incredibly personal to them. Right. And I think that's, that, I mean, whether or not you agree with those messages, right. I, I still think it's incredibly beautiful that you get a glimpse into, you. I, I feel like more so in this movie than in others, that you really get to grasp the artistic vision of the creators. Yeah, it's an every walk of life type movie without it mm-hmm. being plastered as an every walk of life type movie. Cool. Yeah. I would agree. I like that. We like the Matrix. Are you convinced, Adam? (laughs) You know, I, I, yeah, I, I I think, honestly, I think you guys had me convinced after that first, (laughs) that first. (laughs) 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 The rest of it was a little bit just icing on the cake, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna have to give these another chance and uh, you know see where they take me this time, but. it, just even looking at it through that through that you know you mentioned lens, but looking through that lens of that first reason, you know, looking disconnecting and and you know being intentional about that and that that type of stuff speaks to me right now. So that's probably going to help me, you know, uh, find meaning at least, uh, you know, through that through that lens. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to give these another shot. You know what, Adam? I'd, I'd say it's really all about your point of view. He said the thing. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) 
cool. Well, uh, Dave and Liv, thank you for coming on. Uh, why don't you guys spend a, a little bit of time here and plug all your stuff, uh, let people know where they can find you and you know all the stuff you guys are up to. They can't find us. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. We, so we are currently in the Matrix. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I just want to once again extend our gratitude towards you guys. Um, just because I don't, I don't think that you know what our, the friendship that we have forged yeah. in, in the fires of 2020. <laughs> this is so epic. It is. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 been a a wonderful experience getting it to has. know you guys and getting to nerd out with you guys, having a blast, having a ton of laughs, and always having you guys in our playlist as well. Yes. Um, we appreciate that. Love yeah. from a certain point of view so much. Yes. Um, I think I think y'all were among some of the first that we kind of looked to and said, okay, how do we do? How do we podcast? Yeah, well, I mean, to we, you guys, we both kind of came up around the same time. I think like, I don't know that we yeah, started yeah. exactly the same time, but I was kind of looking to you guys too. I don't know if you, I mean, if you know that, oh, but I was really uh, looking to you guys too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, wow, and like. I'm I, like I, I don't remember, I don't I honestly don't remember when your first first episode was, but I feel like it was roughly around the same time because we were like November nineteen, I want to say October November nineteen. We, we, we were January, January twenty. 20. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was pretty yeah. close. So I was honestly, you know, looking at you, what you guys were doing with Star Wars, and then more recently with other stuff, and really looking to you guys to see how you, you know, you're bouncing between topics. So yeah, I mean, it goes both ways there. See, not a word about Little Women. We got, we got, we got to, we got to do a better recap of it. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I come clean? I have never seen Little Women. It's okay. It's really good. Oh boy. I um, really enjoyed it. Adam, oh, that makes two of us. Uh, I mean, nothing's Oops, ever going to This is getting uncomfortable. <laughs> nothing's ever going to beat the original Little Women movie, but this was a very good, very, very good. Also, didn't know second. there was more than one. Oh, well, that's okay. As I'm the only so sorry. I, I will represent. I am so sorry, people. Liv. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't realize how many things I didn't. Re- I didn't really realize how much Star Trek stuff was out there until I got married, and then Fair realized enough. there's so many. There's things a lot. Star Trek related. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. I just. I don't think I'm gonna try. <laughs> I like. I like the newer Star Trek stuff. I think that's um, that's about where Josh is too. To be honest. Yeah, I like. I like the newer stuff too. That's that's good. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- I just want to just want to thank you guys so much for uh, your your friendship, yeah. your support, and for the opportunity to come on today and to geek out about this franchise that I, I, we like a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah, I was sensing that it wasn't like your favorite, but you know, it's definitely. So, it was something. It was something to talk about on a Saturday afternoon, I guess. Yeah. And you know, thinking about gratitude, like also grateful that you know we're we're both part of of the Red Five Network. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, absolutely. We're, we're 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 part of the Red Five family. I was going <laughs> to say copy paste everything you said. Thank you so much. And then you went to the Red Five. I'm like, well, now I can't because I never do segues. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but in terms of if you know if you like geek conversations, you know we talk about 
uh, Star Wars, we, we've yet to do a Star Trek. I don't think we will. We can, and I will just <laughs> sit there and listen to you. Uh, but we also we also talk about a wide variety of geek topics. Little uh, women, little women, <laughs> uh, DC, just comics in general. Um, we're on a big DC. We've been on a, a bit of a DC kick recently. I wonder why. <laughs> Me too. There was a little um, movie that came out last night. I don't know. Or, or, a little, or, one. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard about it. It was this guy named uh, uh, Jack Schneider. 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 Yeah, Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah. So if you, if you dig that kind of stuff, uh, you can check us out at Pizza and Parsecs. Um, we've got a website, pizzaandparsecs.com. We're on the socials: your Facebooks, your Instagrams, and your Twitters at Pizza and Parsecs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have my own Twitter. I'm yeah. president. You can follow Liv and her hot yeah. takes, of which she has many. No, I don't tweet until I have something <laughs> profound to say, and then I tweet, and then I go away. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. It's a good, it it's it's a good working. strategy. Yeah, yeah. Mic drop, and then leave. Exactly. <laughs> I or like I just it. go pick on Cam. <laughs> well, I mean, we all do that. That's my favorite pastime. But which one? <laughs> <laughs> which one? <laughs> He's going to end up with about eight different Twitter accounts, by the way, <laughs> before this is over. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys again for coming yeah, thank on. you guys so much thank you so much thank you thank you. Uh, so thank you for all your support also because you know the, you guys have been there for us through everything and we appreciate that and thank you for coming on and spreading your matrix love and knowledge it helped me uh for sure and i very much appreciate that so thank you guys yeah of course our pleasure and well so after you watch it we'll have to have you guys on and you can Tell us your thoughts, and we can have yet another Matrix episode. I don't think we have enough. That Matrix sounds like fun. Do not, especially with anyone coming out. We're gonna have so much more. Yeah. Yes. I like Let's, it. I like, I like it. that idea. Let's do that. Yeah. Looking forward to talking to you guys again. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Definitely. Thank you. Hey, Doc. We better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to eighty-eight. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 72 of From a Certain Point of View. Thank you, Dave and Liv, for joining us for that awesome Matrix segment. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Uh, We're on pretty much all those major ones. You know, we're on Apple and Amazon and Spotify. We're also on some others like Stitcher and Pandora and Pocket Casts and Overcast, all kinds of platforms you can listen to us on. So make sure you find us on your favorite If you're on one like Apple Podcasts that lets you leave a review, please do that because that helps us a lot. Helps us get up to more people and to know what you guys like and uh, what you want us to stay away from as well. We uh, watched something a little bit different in Discord this week, but it was a lot of fun. It was another movie that I had never seen, and it was The Goonies. Uh, So we had a blast handing out. One of my all-time favorites. (laughs) That that was a... That was a very fun watch party. That was a good time, and we have a good time on all of these. And so if you want to hang out with us also, make sure you join the Discord server. We do watch parties uh, Thursday nights at 10 p.m. We'll be watching uh, the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier this Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. The link for our Discord server is in the show notes, and it's on the website as well. So check that out, because we have a blast every week with that. Our website is from a certain point of view.com. There you can find blog articles. You can find uh, where you can contact us with uh, show uh, topics or questions or anything of that nature. So check out the website. 
Our socials are Twitter and Instagram are both certain POV pod. Our Facebook page is from a certain point of view. Our email address is certainpovpod at gmail.com, and we are hosted by anchor.fm, where you can send us a 60-second voicemail. Let us know why I am dumb for not watching The Matrix uh, in 20 years, or why you love The Matrix. We'd love to play those voicemails for you on the show. Check out the Red 5 Network at red5network.com. There's a ton of great shows there covering a wide range of geeky topics. Uh, There's something for everyone on the Red 5 Network, so make sure you check them all out at red5network.com. You can find me on the internet at uh, thegauze85 on both Twitter and Instagram. And Josh, I'll let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722. And thank you once again for joining us and, and being with us here as we talked about some new content and some old content as well um, with the Matrix trilogy. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel from a certain point of view. Um, this week we will be dropping our conversations about Fal- about um, Zack Snyder's Justice League um, and more. So look forward to that. And remember that everything we said today was true. From a certain point of view. Mm-hmm.